0: apps okay now if you have a smartphone of course you know what apps are you use them every day you know and they're just really amazing kinds of things uh, you can pull us out at the end of the service you know and you can know whether what the chance of rain is going to be you can find out if there's traffic on B ridge road you can find the nearest starbucks or pizza buffet i mean you know that's what apps do now, there are millions of apps, aren't there? Uh, and some of them, I mean, you know, there's a lot of them just wonderful, really like them. But I got to tell you, some of them are just a little bit weird. Now, how many of you do you ever forget where you park your car? We have the app for you. This is, do we have that app for you? We have an app. There it is, Car Matey. It tells you where your car is parked in an Australian accent, and a parrot in a pirate accent. Isn't that neat, Car Matey? All right. Now, some people, and I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands here today. Some people like to pop pimples. They started when they were 13 and never got over it. Okay, did you know there's an app for that? Yep, just, just, I'm just letting you know. All right, never used it? All right, it's not on my phone. All those of you, you know, do you ever get bored in the bathroom? Boy, there's an app for you. It's paper racing. You can now go online and race an opponent In their bathroom, okay, to see who can roll out the paper the fastest, all right? We love to be an informative church here and to let you know. Apps, we're going to talk about apps today. Apps can help you get organized, remember appointments, save time, save money, I mean. But apps can't help you if what? if you don't use them. And friend, the same is true spiritually. God has given us life apps, truths and tools to make our life the best that they can possibly be. But they can't help us if we don't use them. 2,000 years ago, there was a man named James who was pastor of the Jerusalem Alliance Church. All right? Now, he didn't know anything about phone apps, of course, but he didn't know about life apps, life apps from God. And in James chapter 1, we're going to be in James chapter 1 today and then also in Matthew, but James chapter 1, verse 22, he says, do not merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourselves, you must do what it says. Apps. Now, that's short, of course, for applications. And I looked up a definition of applications. It's putting something into practice, doing it. That's what an app is, okay? So it's not what you know that helps you. If you don't act on that, it's what you do. You can know all the right stuff about God. But if you don't do it, it's really not going to help you at all. And the Christian life is not just about believing a certain set of truths, propositional truths. It's doing truth, all right? Uh, uh, James chapter 2, he says, hey, even the demons believe the truth about God, and that doesn't help them, okay? It's not what we know, it's what we do. James was writing about uh, what was going on in his church and what goes on in every church, all right? Hearing the Word of God, but not really doing the Word of God. Now, is that bad? Well, did you see what he says there? If we merely listen, if in, but then we don't do, we deceive ourselves. And I tried to think about that. Well, how does that deceiving ourselves, and you know, and I thought, You know, it's only human for us to think things like, uh, uh, hey, uh, I'm in church and uh, think, well, you know, God, he sees that and and he's happy about that. And, you know, so, you know, he's probably gonna, you know, whisper to my guardian angel, you know, like, hey, give him a close parking spot at the mall next Saturday. You know, something, you know, like he's here, uh, she's here, do something good, okay? And, and, you know, we think that God, of course, is pleased that we're sitting in rows and during another one of Pastor Ron's boring sermons. And, I mean, after all, who in his right mind wouldn't think that God ought to reward a person, you know, that suffers through that, right? Okay. And we might think, well, you know, God, uh, I stayed awake 90% of the time. And, and 70% of that, I wasn't counting the lights and the ceiling. I was really thinking, you know, about what, what you were saying here. So it's easy for us. See, I mean, we're human, you know. We get distracted by lesser things from the most important things. James one twenty two. Do not merely listen to the Word and do deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, to illustrate that, uh, going on to, to the next verse, verse 23, he gives a great illustration. So, verse 23 and 24. Those who listen to the word but do not do what it says are like people who look at their faces in a mirror. And after looking at themselves, they go away and what? Immediately forget what they look like and see uh, that's one of the reasons why we uh, offer uh, groups after this service because hey we know it's like you know the service ends we we hear God's word and we're thinking about well the service ends well then we start talking to somebody and then we go out and you know get a cup of coffee and you know then we get in our car and then we're distracted by the traffic And we got the radio on and hearing the news. And we're deciding what restaurant we're going to. And just all those kinds of things. And we can what? Immediately forget. And so that's why it's so helpful. James is saying, you know, if we just come and sit in rows and listen and, you know, think like, oh, wow, I need to do that. Or, oh, wow, I need to stop doing that. But then if we just walk out and don't do anything about it. James says, that's like getting up in the morning and walking into the bathroom and going, oh, wow, and then walking out the door without cleaning and combing what really needs to be cleaned and combed, right? Now, (laughs) that's it. That's that's five o'clock, okay? (laughs) Now, what if I looked in the mirror and said, hey, looking good, you know? <laughs> I'm deceiving myself. What if I walk out, you know, I'm deceiving myself. And this morning, I can tell, every one of you here, you brushed your teeth, you combed your hair, you put on deodorant, you put on makeup, and you know, I just want to say, you know, like a hundred years ago, Uh, there were a lot of churches that taught that women shouldn't wear makeup really a lot of churches and personally i believe hey if a barn door needs painting paint it you know i mean (laughs) simple right And we live in America. <laughs> we live in America. And there's no American that's 13 years or older who doesn't spend quite a bit of time and money to look good. And just think about and that There's nothing wrong with that. We'll get to the point here later, all right? But just think about right now, all the stuff you have in your closet, on your bath, in your bathroom, I read this week, the average American spends $2,012 a year on clothing, cosmetics, toiletries, haircuts, pedicures, manicures, to, to look good, all right? What's James saying? He's saying, you know, it is just so easy for us to spend far more time and effort and money to fix what's in the mirror on the wall rather than to fix what's in the mirror in our heart. He's saying, hey, Christ followers, let's not be so committed to things that don't matter much rather than the things that matter the most. And getting every hair in place and your makeup perfect, you know, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that but it doesn't make us better people that's what james is saying that's like me getting up in the morning and you know saying well i need to put on shower i need to shower i need to put on deodorant but then i don't do it and so it works somebody says ron did you shower today and i say no i no, i should sorry And the next day Sunday, and I come to church, and and you're like, "Uh, Ron, uh, did you shower today? And and I say, well, no, I know I should. Would you pray for me? (laughs) Do it. Do it. You know, and the reality is that maybe, just maybe, in your life you can uh, think back to something in the past and you wish you could go back and not do what you did because you're paying the price yet there's a day you, when you wish you could go back and make different decisions or maybe it's a season in your life in high school or college or when you got on your own and you you did you you spent time and money looking good but you didn't spend time living good obeying those laws of love that our Heavenly Father gave to protect us and to bless us and see on on the days when maybe we do the worst things you know the reality is you you probably look good that day (laughs) you probably put on cool clothes and Did your hair and makeup right and well? But that didn't help you as a person. Knowing what God tells us to do and not doing it makes us face pain and problems that God doesn't want you to have because he loves you so much. See, application is everything. It's it's not what we know. It's not what we... Intend to do or know we ought to do. It's, it's what we do. That's what he's saying. And see, everyone else, we have we have a problem with that. That that's hard for us. So, <laughs> why is James beating us up? Are you totally depressed or guilty or feeling bad right now? Why is James beating up on us like this in verses twenty two to twenty four? You know why to get us to verse 25 and if you're feeling bad or guilty then get ready to feel good (laughs) because god loves you god doesn't hate you god's not out to get you god wants to forgive anything everything from your past but more important than that god wants to free you from the power of sin yeah that's what verse 25 is leading up to how we can be free, how we can live in freedom and fulfillment. How? Verse 25. But those who look intently into the perfect law that God gives, that gives us what? What's the word? Freedom. Now, we're going to talk about that because that's not what we would say. We don't think that God's laws bring us freedom okay but let's back up to the word intently what does it mean to look intently all right now everybody has a mirror right but some of you have a looking intently mirror it's got a light on it I mean it really shines on your face and not only that what else does it have it magnifies your face right you can see every pore on your face. You can look up your nose and see your brain. I mean, it is just, you can see everything, every wart, every wrinkle, all right? And what do you do? You, you work on every square centimeter of your head You know, to make sure it's all looking good. That's what looking intently is in verse 25 God is saying let's look at ourselves intently spiritually with the same kind of intensity that we look at ourselves physically see most of us look at ourselves physically quite a bit to make sure that it's right let's look at ourselves spiritually that way too and that means we'll do three things number one We'll listen to God. We won't just hear God's word. We'll listen. Because it's for us. It's for me. We'll look at our lives. We'll look at our heart. Lord, is is that holding back? No, God, I don't want that. If it displeases you, if it hinders me. And third thing, then we'll do it. God, God, I want to do your will. Help me to do it. And see, here's, here's what's great. God wants to give us freedom, and then he wants, he gave us a promise there in verse 25, if we will do his word, verse 25, if you do what it says, and don't forget what you've heard, then God will what? He will bless you for doing it. That's what God wants to do. So what would hold us back from God's blessing? And see, again, we we talked about freedom, you know, that God's laws give freedom. Now see, that doesn't make sense to us. We don't think laws give us freedom. We think that laws restrict us. No. We, we think if I obey God, then I can't have any fun. I won't have cool friends. That's not what God says. Freedom. And You see, I I know. I have felt. I have felt that way so many times in my life, especially when I was young, especially when I was a child, and you know, uh, our, my parents were Christians. My dad was a pastor. Okay, all right. So we had a lot of rules. All right, in our house, and there were so many times that it would to me. It was bondage. It was rule after rule. That was a freedom. I remember my dad uh, giving me allowance. My first allowance was 50 cents. And he would give me one quarter, one dime, and three nickels. And he'd give it to me on Sunday morning. And some of you have already figured out why. (laughs) He'd say, Ronnie, God wants to bless you and he says in the Bible if you'll be wise and you'll get his blessing that you should take one of these nickels and give it to God in 30 minutes then you should take the second nickel and save it and then you can spend the rest okay and you know what (laughs) that was really easy to do but when I got older and I was making hundreds of dollars and the whole idea of giving away hundreds and saving hundreds so I could live on other hundreds, that didn't feel like freedom and blessing. All right. But friend, God really does love us. And the reason he tells us to do things is not to take away our front, but to give us freedom and blessing. And you know what? Yeah, Donna and I can say, I mean, we we really do live in financial freedom. I mean, do we do everything right? we never have any issues? No, but, you know, we don't have the, this burden of some huge debt that we're just, uh, uh, you know, a, it's just a burden on our life. That's freedom. That's freedom. Now, there's... Issue, you know, as a kid, as well when I was a teen, I found that the Bible has a lot to say about uh, sexuality. And and so many people think, well, why should I obey what God says about sex? I mean, that's just old-fashioned stuff. Why should I obey that? Uh, because uh, He created sex, maybe? Yeah. He's the one that made us sexual beings. And you see, sex is such a powerful and precious experience. God says it needs to be protected, carefully protected in a husband and wife relationship. God didn't create sex for casual recreation. That's what our world thinks. It's for the marriage relationship. But see, when you're a teenager, when you're in your 20s with raging hormones, that doesn't sound like freedom, does it? I asked God to help me to do it. Then when I went to a Christian college, God put a beautiful lady in my life who had made that same decision. And we were able to come into marriage and didn't have a past that We wished we we could undo or forget. Friend, that's freedom. That's freedom. And I'm just so thankful, you know, for having Christian parents. And a lot of you didn't. I'm just so thankful that I was given (laughs) a lot of rules. But those rules were based on God's word, primarily. They bring freedom. They're God's laws of love. For you and for me. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you've broken them. God's a forgiving God. God is not out to get anybody. He's out to forgive everybody who will come to him in the name of Jesus. And he will wipe the slate clean. Your sins are all forgiven. He'll treat you as if you've never sinned. God's laws of love. God's word's awesome. It brings blessing. See, that's, those are life apps. Those are life apps, the things that we apply to our life. We'll have freedom. We'll have God's blessing. We'll have God's presence and power in our lives. And, oh, it brings a joy to us. Next week, uh, Pastor Mike's going to speak. He's going to speak on the forgiveness app. And, and, friend, that's huge. You know why? Because every one of us have ha- have people in our life who hurt us terribly. And we just can't forgive or forget. And, for- and, and most of it, we find it really, really hard to forgive. Somebody who's dirt- hurt us deeply. You know, and the truth is that most of us have a, a, a list of uh, they don't deserve my forgiveness and I'm not going to give it list of people. They don't deserve forgiveness. You're right, they don't. That's what mercy is. Mercy is undeserved, okay? And see, the problem is, if we don't forgive them, we're not going to live in freedom because it'll make us a slave to that person instead of making us free. So the bottom line is, God has given us life apps commandments I call them laws of love God has given us those and the Christian life is not just hearing God's Word it's not note-taking it's not elbow poking the person that you hope is listening it's not I ought to and one day I'm gonna do that it's doing it's doing what God says now this is from the book of James pastor of uh, Jerusalem Church. Now, is that a rule that, uh, that Pastor James made up so his church would make him look good on his annual report? No. James was saying exactly the same thing that Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24. That's where James heard it. James was the brother of Jesus. He heard Jesus say this. 724, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, okay? Everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, I just... want to stop there because when I was a kid and I heard this parable here when I heard about building a house on the rock do you know what I pictured (laughs) and I just drew this this week I have not improved at all in my artistic (laughs) skills okay but that's what I pictured and I thought build a house on a rock it'll roll off Okay, and of course, you know, I didn't understand that Israel is very rocky. And you know what they did when they built a house? They just went in this place where there's this rocky area, and they didn't get all the rocks out. In fact, they picked a nice one, and then they kind of squared it off and leave it embedded in the soil. And that became the foundation of their house. So that when then there was a rainstorm or winds or whatever that came along, that house did not move because it was built on a rock. That's what verse 25 says. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against that house. It didn't fall. Why? Because its foundation, it was on the rock. But what happens if we don't build our lives on the bedrock of God's laws of love for us. Verse 26, Jesus goes on, everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on sand. It's a lot easier to build on sand than rock, isn't it? But what happens? Verse 27, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against the house, and it what? Fell. It crashed. And our lives can crash. And God doesn't want them to. Life apps. Life lessons. That God, that Jesus Christ gave to you, gave to me. And he wants us to build our life on them. Not not just hear them, not just know about them do them life apps it's not hearing something new i, I know that uh, m- many times after a sermon people will say something like oh pastor ron that was great i didn't know that about what that verses you were talking about i didn't know that that and i've gone to church myself you know somebody else's there oh i didn't know that and we can kind of think that You know, the purpose of coming to church and hearing a sermon is we hear something new we never heard before. Oh, that's interesting. That's good. I mean, it's nice. That's wonderful. Okay. But is that the goal? You see, life apps, it's not hearing something new. It's doing something right. Friend, that's what God desires for us because he wants to bless us. He wants to work in our lives. And he doesn't want us living in bondage. He wants us living in freedom. So this is what we're going to do for the next five weeks, life apps. All right? Next week, the forgiveness app, and then we'll go on the confession app and the rest app and the trust app and the encouragement app. And friend, I just want to say one more thing. Earlier, I talked about the fact that, you know, when the service is over, we're going to talk to somebody, we're going to get a cup of coffee, we're going to get in the car, we're going to be in traffic, we're going to go to the restaurant, and we can just totally forget everything and not do anything. And again, I, we just encourage people to get into a small group. Uh, we have them, listed there in your bulletin, we have quite a few of them today on uh, different topics, but also sermon topic, uh, discussion group. You see, why, is that? why do we encourage that? Because, see, when we talk about them, we help each other do them. We encourage each other. Because God wants us to grow. And God wants us to experience freedom. And God wants to bless us. That's why He gave us the, the life apps, the commandments, the laws. The laws of love, because he loves you and me. Would you pray with me? God, help us as we look at these life apps from you. And God, would you help us to stare at them with the same intensity that we stare at the mirror in the morning? And God, I just pray that. As we look into your word in the series, and uh, <laughs> we walk in the bathroom in the morning and look at ourselves, we will remember your word. Oh God, you love us so much. You proved it when you sent your son Jesus to die in our place. Any command you've ever given to us, any law, was not to take away our fun or our freedom, it was to give us freedom and your reward and your blessing. And we thank you. And friend, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, are you sure you're going to God's heaven? And see, the reality is most people think, well, I hope so. I hope I've been good enough friend, you can't get there by being good enough. If we could have been good, if we could be good enough to get to heaven, God wouldn't have sent his son to die a a terrible death on the cross like that. That was the only way. that You and I could have our sins forgiven when the perfect sacrifice for the sins of all mankind was nailed to a cross. God says in his word, whoever will call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Whoever trusts him to be Savior and Lord, you'll be saved. And so Jesus comes in (laughs) and he reminds us of what God is telling us to do because he loves us so much and he helps us, he gives us the strength. And we live the kind of life that God created us for. Instead of a life of bondage or hurt and pain and problems and and all. And so, friend, that's God's plan. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, do it today. If you're not uh, walking with Jesus every day, do it. And live by these life apps. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If, if you have, uh, if you want to <laughs> accept Christ, your Savior, Lord, today, or if you've got a burden don't want prayer, there's always a ministry team up here after the service. And they'd be glad to pray with you in any way that we can. I'm so glad you came. I hope you can stay. Uh, because we help each other grow we are better together that's one of our values around here we're better together and we're just better because you are here today too worshiping with us let's stand we're going to go out and uh, let's uh, live for Jesus this week God bless you God bless you so much you're dismissed